Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Thanks for joining us again on Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast, uh, episode two of season three. Excited to be here. To my right, about 800 miles to my right, is Jana. You ready to talk some baseball today, Jana? I am. I am ready. All right. It is the uh, rescheduled opening day. And we'll uh, we'll talk more about uh, what opening day holds, a couple of the matchups. But before we get too deep into this, we want to, um, to wish farewell to Dodger legend, Tommy Davis, who uh, who left the world uh, just a few days ago at uh, the age of 83. Yeah, Tommy Davis was a Dodger. As you said, he's a Dodger legend. His uh, 230 hits and 153 RBIs in 1962 remain an L.A. single season record. Um, he won World Series titles with the Dodgers in 1959, 1963, and 1965. Uh, both really good years in our family. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I think the coolest thing about Tommy, Dav- uh, Tommy Davis is, I mean, one thing that you always heard about him was that he was really a ni- super nice guy. He was almost too nice. A lot of the players. I right. didn't one of his him. coaches even say, I think he's too nice. I don't think he's going to be, he's going to make it. Cause he's just yeah, too nice. He's just too nice, but he was ready to sign with the Yankees in 1956. And his mom was a really big Dodgers fan. And, and he comes from Brooklyn. Yeah. And Al Campanis, who was a Dodger scout, not just scouting the players, but also realizing Tommy Davis's mom, Really big Dodgers fan. So, does he have called Tommy Davis Jackie Robinson, which would be like so cool, probably, you know, his hero. Um, anyway, he ends up signing with the Dodgers, got a $4,000 signing bonus, and uh, yeah, becomes a Dodger legend. He did go on, he played for the Dodgers for eight years, um, and then he became a journeyman and played for the Mets, the White Sox, the uh, for Seattle, Houston, Oakland, the Cubs, Baltimore, the Angels, and for the Royals. And he was a three-time All-Star. And when you say Seattle, that's the Pilots, mm. not the right, Mar- not the, Mariners the Mariners. Didn't come into existence until 1977, a year after he was done. Um, the other thing that's interesting is uh, back-to-back batting champion, 1962 and 1963. He was the very first Dodger to ever be a batting champion. Yeah. Pretty, it was it really cool. So yeah, he's, uh, he got called up, um, age 83. So he's up there in, uh, blue heaven with, uh, Tommy Lasorda and Jackie Ooh. Robinson. And yeah. And so we send out uh, all our best wishes <clears throat> to, uh, his family, his wife, his, I think he has five kids and 17 grandchildren. Like I said, today is the rescheduled opening day. Now, not all the teams, the Dodgers, they don't start until tomorrow. But a lot of the games uh, today, a couple of the matchups that, uh, because 
they left the schedule as was. They remember with the lockout when they just canceled the first week of games or the first two series, and then everything was left in place. So this is the original schedule we're going to see. So the Angels start off with the asterisks. We're going to see a lot of of different um, inner um, inner division uh, matchups. But a lot of the time frames, like the Angels aren't starting until their regular, you know, seven o'clock times, you know, start. And they're not as many day games necessarily as it would normally be for an opening for an opening day. And honestly, this probably would have been the opening day uh, anyway for the Angels, but they would have started on the road. Same thing with the Dodgers. They're going to start on the road. They would have started at home, but a couple of them that that uh, they come up Yankees and Red Sox. I think that uh, most people think that they those two teams play like 30, 40 times a season. It seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a great matchup. I mean, great rivalry uh, in the East. So I don't know. Did they uh, plan it that way? Did they look and say, OK, we're going to have opening day. And then they picked the day that, I mean, I know they didn't change anything, but I wonder, is there a conspiracy mm. theory there to there say, look be. at us, we, we've got this rivalry opening day. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Cubs and Brewers, which is a central rivalry, you know, but what, like an hour, hour and a half apart. Yeah. And, uh, and the Brewers are maybe a top pick to win the central again. Uh, the Cubs, who knows what uh, what's going to happen there. Um, and then another one I saw, not any, the rest of the matchups are, are okay there. There's not any that like maybe you already feel like there's, uh, you know, something going on. Um, but the, uh, the Guardians and the Royals play. And the reason that I uh, picked this out is number one, this is the first game as the Guardians for Cleveland. And then it's uh, Shane Bieber versus Zach Greinke. And Ooh, I thought that's a pretty that's... interesting pitching matchup. Yeah. yeah I didn't see any good. others that really stood out. That one was probably the marquee there because a lot of the, a lot of the teams, the way it's, it's building up, there's not, uh, you know, the, the, the Dodgers and the, and the Rockies, you know, maybe a matchup, but you know, it's just, it's different. So yeah. um, we'll talk about uh, the the Dodgers uh, opening day information as well as the Angels uh, coming up. Uh, what we want to go into right now, though, is how does the CBA affect this new season? Yeah, lots of rule changes happened within the CBA. I think a lot of times what we were hearing as fans was it was always about the money and and other financial things in within the CBA. But there are quite a few rule changes, some good, some not so great. But yeah, things that are going to that will definitely could change the look. So, first off, like you said, everybody talks about the money. The money was the main hang-up on a lot of things for the players and for the owners. 
the owners didn't want to give that much. The players wanted more. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty standard, you know, give and take in any labor negotiation. Uh, you know, there's not been a strike in the world that was just because, you know, we want uh, a longer bathroom break. The strikes are all been about we want this amount of money. The owners or the or the owner of the business says, I'm only giving you this amount of money. And then they strike. So and in this case, you know, they 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 worked it all out. That part doesn't really matter. In five years, they'll have to do it again. We'll see, you know, if this worked out in their favor, if they can be smart about it and maybe start working now to avoid an issue in five years. That would be uh, nice. But uh, it, since we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, now, some things, once again, here we are with rules that are being put in just for this season because once again we started late only a week late this time but much later when it comes to spring training because by the time they got the cba and the lockout was lifted we'd already missed a couple of weeks like what three weeks of spring training so yeah. all the buildup that first couple of weeks where you know pitchers and catchers in before we really start seeing games uh, happening. Uh, so this first month of April is going to see uh, 28 man rosters till May 1st. So that way teams can carry extra pitchers. They can help. That'll help them get their pitchers stretched out more in the time that they would have normally had due to the um, shortened spring training. So that's one thing. Now, that's happened before, but they're going up to 28. As of May 2nd, everything will be back to 26, which was the original. Uh, that's where it was supposed to be. Um, the other thing that's coming back uh, for for whatever reason, I know why they're saying it, it'll help with, uh, with Zinnings and pitchers, but the Ghost Runner... The runner at second base in extra innings is back. And what I noticed yeah. was is a lot of people started saying, I kind of like that rule now. What <laughs> changed your mind? Because you were just, when they said it wasn't coming back, there was a, a loud, um, you know, applause, hooray on Twitter. Yeah. And now people are like, Everybody yeah, was excited. Yeah, I, I didn't get that either. Um, I was like, oh, good, no more ghost runner. And then you had, you know, people like John Heyman, our favorite, like, it's not a ghost runner, you know, it's, and then, uh, and then people just backing it, like, yeah, this is great. And of course, there are managers. Um, I think AJ Hinch was one that came out and said, yeah, that's a good idea to bring it back. And, you know, and, and I think it goes back to injuries too. You know, that's one of the things the managers mentioned was injuries. Over overworking your staff um, on long extra inning games. But yeah, I thought one thing that I'd heard that I probably could have been OK with was. Not. Like the first couple of innings. Uh, Zinnings, so maybe the 10th and the 11th. Are regular and then the top of the 12th add that runner in or something 
to yeah. drop it off. But- no, they got to go, you know, full bore. Now, double headers that were seven innings before are now back to nine. So there's that. But you still may have extra innings, zinnings in a double header. So you'll have a full nine inning game and then another nine inning game and maybe a ghost runner in your future if you're at one of those games. I think with the ghost runner, regardless of the um, the length of the game or the the you know the nine innings, which I'm I'm good with, I like that, is that there's no guarantee that putting that runner on second base is going to cut the game time down or the amount of innings because I don't think it did really. I mean, I think it was maybe it was mere minutes. Like it wasn't like it cut it down by 20 minutes or 15 minutes. It was, it was really small increments and we also saw that even if you put you put the guy on the ghost runner on second it didn't mean that you were going to get a run I mean I know that's the intention but how many innings have we sat through with the ghost runner well there was a Dodger game last year that went forever and they had the runner on second at the beginning of every inning, and it all that happened was was that every inning, both teams figured out how to get that man home. Yeah, I mean the teams used it to their advantage, but they both used it <laughs> to their advantage. Right. So, yeah, and some teams seem to be pretty good about moving that that runner over better than others. But all it takes is a base hit, and you're tied up again. How yeah. many how many games ended in the tenth inning with that? I, I don't have any of the, the numbers in front of me, but that that's the question. How long did it take? You know, did it really cut down on the uh the zinnings, the amount of zinnings in the time? I know that it's about yeah. saving the pitchers, avoiding injury to them. You know, one way that uh, that we're going to see pitchers avoid injury uh, is that they're no longer hitting. Yeah. You know, with the universal DH now, at first I was like, okay, yeah, I could get behind that. But now there are other things that are going to be coming into play like um, next season with schedule changes and things like that. And now we're getting away from where there's a difference between the leagues. You know, you had the American League and National League. National League didn't have a DH. American League does. And that was always something like, okay, who's going to be, how's the American League pitcher going to hit in a National League park? Who's going to be the DH in the American League park? And I think it added something to the game. And now... It's no, you know, no pitchers are going to pitch, I mean, hit, but you're going to have, you've got guys like Clayton Kershaw who liked Madison Bumgarner, uh, even Zank, uh, Zach Grinke, um was, you know, he had like nine home runs, so he'll never be able to maybe get 10 in his career. 
Not uh, unless they, they let him hit in Kansas City. Right. Which is a possibility. Yeah, you because never know. Because there is the amended DH rule, which has been dubbed the Otani rule, uh, which allows for a team's starting pitcher to also play as the DH and count as two separate players. So it would be interesting to see. We know the Angels, obviously, maybe they would use that because I think they're careful with Otani to, you know, a certain extent. They have to be. And I know he wants to get up and and hit, but if he's pitching and he's focused on that and then, but he's also hitting, I mean, he can do it, but how often are they, the angels going to use that? Um, And will other teams use, um, use that, you know, to let guys uh, hit. Joe Madden said during the, on the day that that rule came out, uh, he mentioned that uh, it it's it's a good rule for them because then he doesn't have to take Shohei out once he's done pitching you know and have to to worry about he becomes a national league manager at that time managing pitch hitters uh pinch hitters into that spot he said the other thing though is is sometimes Otani comes out and he's like I'm done and and he's like, on days like that, we're going to have to figure something else out, you know, on how to how to work that. So he said, while we're we really like that rule that he can stay in the game, there's going to be times when he's just like, I'm tired and I need I need to be done. But right now, it appears he's the only the angels are the only one that really benefit from that rule. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, when you look across the the leagues, um, it really is the Otani rule. Uh, but it would be interesting, like, you know, to see if teams utilize that for some of their pitchers who, you know, who do well and do hit. Um, Julio Urias comes to mind. I don't think that the Dodgers would um, use, maybe, but, you know, use this rule. But he's one that has got, especially last season, he comes up and he gets clutch hits when the Dodgers need it. Uh, right. You know, look at uh, game five of when they played the the Giants. Yeah, I um yesterday I went and I saw my um uh, my barber, and he's a big baseball fan. And we were talking. He said that he's he's not necessarily for the universal DH. He's like, yeah, whatever. That's easy one to kind of swallow. But he said yeah. he felt like the National League teams. From from the minor leagues up, should have had their pitchers hitting the whole time. He said because you know what happens is these guys they become pitchers in college or in the minors, and they don't hit again until they're up with you know the Dodgers or a National League club. He goes so then of course they can't hit anymore. You know when they were in high school they hit 450. Right. You know, yeah. But then they went to college or they went to the minors and like, you're a pitcher. We don't need you to do that. It's like we need, you know, they need to be hitting the whole time. Every time. And, uh, you know, now it doesn't matter. I think that uh, I, I don't know that it's going to bring in any extra 
offense, it could. It's, there's more potential for it. But that's one, like I said, I think most people are like, all right, whatever. Yeah, and I was like that. I mean, and I'm still kind of like, okay, we got the universal DH. But I still feel, and it's the old school, you know, baseball fan is, I like that. Um, there was a difference between the AL and the NL. Right. Yeah, that was one of my favorites as well, because uh, it's a different. And and like you said, when you play, you know, before it was like uh, once you got to the World Series, it opened up a whole different thing. Who, you know, did the National League have uh, in their in their park? They had pitchers who who maybe could hit. So that was good for them. And the American League didn't have pitchers that could hit because they didn't, they weren't hitting. Was it uh, benefit more beneficial to the National League and the American League Park because then they could add in a hitter? You know, it was, you know, all well, that. But there was a lot of different things that you had to manage differently in both situations. And there were some really cool moments like Bartolo Colon getting his first home run and watching right. him go around the bases and mm -hmm. how excited the Mets dugout was, or, you know, I think it was Madison Bumgarner probably had, you know, two home runs in a game. He had two home runs on opening day. No other player, regardless of position, not just no other pitcher, no other player ever hit two home runs on opening day in, in one game. Yeah, so you'll never, you know, you'll that, never see that. Well, you could. I don't know but, about never, but because at some point they may change it back. Who knows? Yeah, Either that's commissioner true. Commissioner so, or things will change. There'll be a, a movement towards, you know, let's go back to historical. We'll have historical baseball. Well, yeah, so never. That's the HBL, the historical the, baseball league. Yeah, so maybe that's not the right word. Uh just not this season. We, right. <laughs> we won't see it. Uh, a couple other things that, to me, feel like it's becoming uh, more like the NBA in how they set up things. We're going to see uh, draft, not this year, but next year. The draft will have six. The top six will be uh, like lottery. And this is to help um discourage tanking supposed to help you know some competitive balance to the to the game so that you know all these teams that are down there that are making less money than max scherzer is this season um that the whole the whole team is making less money um they uh those teams are going to have to they're not going to always get the opportunity to be get the first pick or the second pick and, you know, that's the hard thing with, with baseball drafts anyway, is that just because you get somebody, uh, they're not always going to be, it's not like the NBA or the NFL, where next season they're going to probably be starting in your lineup. Whereas, you know, these guys are probably going to be gone. You know, it's going to take a couple of years probably to get them up to to the bigs so you know it, it's a hit and miss i mean think about it uh uh we talked a lot about kumar rocker 
last year from Vanderbilt. And um, he, once he got drafted, it found, they found out that he was injured and they didn't, they didn't tender him a, a, a contact, a contract. Thus, he just ended up, he can't, he could be redrafted this year, but it'll depend on, you know, what's he, what, what's happening with his arm and, you know, has he recovered and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Some of these guys come up and then they get injured or they've been injured, but played it off and now it's worse. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Also, next year, the schedule is going to be every team will play every team. Yeah. I, I, first, when I read that, I'm like, okay, because, you know, you get to see, you know, Shohei Otani. I, you know, I, I use his name a lot, but he really is the face of baseball or Mike Trout or, um, I'm trying right, to any of the, other, any of the, you know, the any names. of the big stars, right? Junior, Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. When he's not broken up, you know, all of right. these teams that uh, you're going to be able to see come through uh, or you're going to see play your team, any of them. You yeah. might be able to see Shane Bieber pitch against, you know, the the Giants or, you know. Well, this year they play the uh, the Dodgers, so in interleague, so yeah. So I, I, you know, in that respect, I'm like, okay, you know, that's I can get that. But then again, it really does. Then it just becomes there's no separation of the leagues, and you're just playing everybody. And the one thing that I always liked growing up was with the World Series is these were two teams that during the season didn't play each other. It was a true championship of the leagues. And now I know postseason baseball is, is different, uh, but it's not as exciting when, you know, well, they face this team during the regular season, you know, 15 times or, you know, whatever it could be. And so they kind of already know. So then it kind of becomes, yes, it's postseason baseball, but then it also kind of becomes just a regular season game. And I don't, I, I'd like to see, I still want to see that separation of, um, of the leagues. We do have some interleague play, obviously. That's been, that's gone back to when Bud Selig was the commissioner. But um, when it just becomes an all out, everybody plays everybody, I think it dampens the, the, why have leaks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Why, why do that? Just all one big league. And then the top, the top 12 make the, uh, the playoffs, which another change. There'll now be uh 12 team playoffs per league. And uh, I don't know. They wanted the owners wanted 14. Settled in with what the players said, 12. Does that mean that uh, your team is going to make it? No. Just means that a couple other teams. So, you know, I mean, the Oriole fans don't have anything. The Pirates fans, Diamondback fans, you know, your team's not going to make it. The Reds, the 
Guardians are yeah, probably I mean, not going to make it. It's still different from the other uh, leagues where uh, the majority, you know, you're not going to have nearly half the league gets in like other, you know, other leagues do. But it's still, again, it kind of goes where, I mean, I guess it could do be strategy too for some teams um, to say, okay, we're not, maybe we're not going to be number one in our division, but if we can just get to this spot, we'll get in the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the expanded playoffs. We'll see how it works, but. I guess a lot of the, the conversation about it is, is will there be teams that are sub 500 that make it, you know, into the playoffs, which is possible, you know, especially looking at like last year where we had so many teams that were, you know, below 500 for a lot of the year. Well, uh, the championship, the, the Braves, I mean, they're a perfect example of a team that won the World Series. And then you had two teams play in their division who were the top two teams in both leagues, you know, and all of the, with the Dodgers and the Giants having to battle it out when they had won you know, over hundred, hundred games, but then you had at the end of the season, you know, the Phillies, the Braves, you know, battling it out, but looking at the records, um, over the season, they weren't that great. No, but see, that's like an argument for lumping everybody together and then seating them. So, you could have yeah. the National League, you could have the American League, and then, you know, the Dodger, the Giants, and then the Dodgers, and they wouldn't have had to play each other until they got farther down into the bracket. So, you know, one and one and 12 would have played, and so two and 11. So will we be filling out our MLB brackets like we do every March for... The, uh, well, we very well NCAA. could be if, uh, you know, who knows? Don't, don't put this in Manfred's ear. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't On April hear. Fool's Day, people were saying, uh, you know, that he wanted to put um, aluminum bats in. And That's people were like, really? <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you looked at it and you went, it's April Fool's Day. But wait, he really could want to do this. Yeah, because he's then, so out there. And then somebody said, too, in spring training, you could take out a pitcher. You could take out your starter, bring somebody else in, and then that starter could come back out to start the next inning. Um, people are like, is he going to do that now, too? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. Um, before we One last thing before we move on to start looking at, uh, at what the season looks like for uh, the Angels and the Dodgers. He now has the ability to change rules with 45-day notice. Yeah, which really means he can just Manfred it up, the whole oh, yeah. everything. No, you know, unless he's going to try to turn everything into a Savannah Bananas game. And if you're not sure about the Savannah Bananas, you got to go check them out on Twitter. They are like the Harlem Globetrotters. Of, they put on a show 
Um, the other the other day they had a deal where if uh, one of their fans caught uh, a, a foul ball, like caught it, they had to actually catch it while the Savannah Bananas were in the field on defense. If they caught it in the stands, the 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 player was out. Yeah. So the it becomes interactive. It's not just the players on the field. It's the fans in the stands become part of the team. So they had that well, and they called in, you know, Bill Lee, who was the spaceman pitcher for years, uh, a lot of time with the Boston Red Sox, but a lot of other teams, 75 years old now, Drinking beer, beer in hand, <laughs> called out of the stands, has to hand off his beer strikes out the uh you know the comes in like a relief pitcher strikes out the batter and uh on a couple of ephus pitches pitches and uh and uh you know and he's pitched for him before but they you know guy doing splits up at the plate and the thing is is that everybody knows what's going to happen they were doing like river dance out there the whole infield was dancing the pitcher and everything so it's just there's there's a lot of entertainment there um but i think too when you can do that and still play a decent game of baseball it's just like playing you've got to be um it's like musicians who can play anything just start playing and go and can follow you anywhere as they play they're uber talented you know and they're having a good time they're you know but will manfred that's the big reason. Well, you know, biggest question, I guess, is would he see this and say, okay, JT, you're doing this at third base or, you know, everybody's doing this kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, it's fun to see it uh, with the Savannah Bananas, but in the major leagues. Here's what I, here's <laughs> what I can tell you based on what I've seen of Manfred. Won't happen because the crowd is truly entertained. Oh, that is such time. a great point. And they're really loving baseball. Manfred's yeah. goal is not to get people to love baseball. Yeah. Look at some of these things that are happening now. Um, Apple TV is going to have Friday night games. So if it's on Apple TV, it's your team. That's the only place you get to go watch it. Yeah. So and, you'll have uh, to have Apple TV. You'll have to subscribe to it. And uh, Peacock, the uh, NBC's um, streaming service, they're going to have exclusive rights to 18 games, all of them on Sunday. And most of them are going to start as early as 1130 uh, a.m. Eastern time. So, you know, you could get up. Or, I mean, I think for a baseball fan, you get up and watch a game at any baseball time. Baseball for breakfast. Yeah. But uh, it's all right. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, though, is once again, you'll have to have, you know, Peacock. Now, the question with Peacock is they have free service with commercials. Will that fit into that where you can you just got to get the the app? Um, Another one is, is that uh, I think the Yankees, I heard, have um, have a deal with Prime and they're going to have some of their games on Amazon Prime. So once again, it limits, but it limits what people can see. They're yeah. all about let's go to streaming because they think that's where it is. No, if you want to catch people where they are, this younger demographic you're looking for, you got to go to Twitch. 
and yeah. then make it look like it's a video game. Exactly. And have your headphones on and be describing the game and yeah, what's going or on. Or you only show games with Shohei Otani. Yeah, that's it. That's all you do. And the other thing I didn't look into this is what are blackout restrictions for games that are on the streaming services like Apple or Peacock? Because even if you have MLB, a subscription to MLB TV, you still will get blacked out. I don't think that teams. there's blackouts with the Apple okay. stuff because the game, it's like when the game's on YouTube. Right. Okay. It's not shown anywhere else, so it's not like they can. You can see it on your regional sports channel. True. Yeah. It's only going to be available on Apple TV. So since it's exclusive like that, there's no blackout to it. It's like okay. a national game. Yeah. You know, Sunday night baseball. It's going to be the same idea. Okay. Well, so in that case, I mean that's good, but again, people would still have to subscribe, and you know, pay, or in the case of Peacock, they have the free subscription. But how does that work? Will that but be something that they still get to see? Or will it, is there restrictions right. to it? That's the question. Uh, yeah. And the same thing, you're going to have to have Amazon Prime to watch those Yankee games. Right. That's true. Yeah. Unless they've set it up as, as free. And I don't think Amazon cares if you have Prime or not. They rule the world, so. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't really care. Do. So we got uh, opening day, and while the Dodgers are not playing today, the Angels are. So let's take a look at what the Angels look like this coming season and uh, what opening day might look like. Okay, the Angels start their, or Shohei starts his MVP title defense tonight as he takes the mound as the opening day starter, his first ever, and he will take on Framber Valdez. A lot of people thought it was going to be Justin Verlander, but no, Framber Valdez, who I've always thought was one of their better pitchers, uh, as much as I hate the asterisks. The asterisks, of course have a little different look this year. Uh, they're going to have a new shortstop since uh, Carlos Correa is uh, now a twin. So the question is, who's going to console poor little Jose Altuve when he gets his feelings hurt? I put my money on Bregman as maybe the next in line, but I'm not sure that what about he has Yuli the Gurriel? same. Yeah, yeah. I could Maybe him. And then as a backup consoler uh bregman maybe because he's around tucker maybe yeah he could do it just because he's taller and <laughs> yeah it has to be bregman, i guess Bregman's bregman doesn't work size you know yeah you really need somebody to envelop altuve and not just be you know like a pat on the back which is what bregman would give him right yeah. not like two toddlers hugging each other <laughs> So they're going to be in uh, in town to start the season. Uh, still, the the asterisks are still the top pick to win the West. We can tell you that the Angels on paper look fantastic. They had a great spring, but here's the thing about spring: it doesn't always mean that you're going to have a great season. It just means you had a good spring. 
things change. Guys who were hitting the ball hard and, you know, hitting a thousand in spring training start off the season at oh uh, ninety four, maybe, if that. What are you batting? 57. What'd you bat during spring training? 1,000. So, you know, we'll see what happens as far as does the success and what they saw translate over. It very well could. The Angels have, I, I think a lot of people are, are a little worried about this. Otani is slated to hit leadoff, followed by Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. And the other night, Anthony Rendon was looking really good in the field. He barehanded a, a ball versus the Dodgers during the freeway series that just, it looked like, wow, Rendon's back. That was something you saw him do when he was with the, the Nationals. And he just looked good. And then he hit a home run. Yeah. I it, That would be ultimate firepower for the Angels if they're all, you know, firing on the same cylinder. Uh, yeah. So, and then after Rendon, you've got Jared Walsh, who can rake. You know, he has a he has a problem with lefties, but you know, he can overcome that. But he he hits the ball hard and he really contributes. And at the, you know, the the weird thing at the bottom, then you got Max Stassi, who's really become a, a great offensive weapon. Uh, and then uh David Fletcher, who probably will bat ninth, and he's going to be the opening day shortstop. So you you look at it, we have uh, within the Angels lineup, you have a really strong lineup. And you've got, you know, even the guys who aren't the big names. Joe Adele uh, seems to have figured out his, uh, his batting issues. Now, if he could get better on defense, still got a defensive problem. But he's not driving me crazy like he did before. Yeah. Seems a little humbled. Well, then, I was going to uh, say, even on the bench uh, for the Angels, like Jack Mayfield can come up and, you know, right, really offensively and defensively if they need him. Yep. Captain Jack uh, there. Um, you're also looking at uh, uh, Matt Duffy, who is, uh, who's solid. He's a veteran who, you know, probably will start off at second base. Jose Rojas who has just like blown everybody away, been hitting, uh, what do they call them? Uh, I think Mark Gubixa was like row bombs was what yeah. they were calling it. And, yeah. uh, uh, he's, uh, he's another guy who just, and he's a local kid. So, and then, and then, uh, Mike Stefanik is another one they're, They don't know who they're going to bring up and we don't have the final roster yet. Uh, we haven't seen it, so we don't know. I know, you know, pretty much who's going to be where, but that extra infielder is the is the question. Another kid that uh, you know has been making his way up, back and forth, and finally seems to be getting Taylor Ward. Um, Tyler Wade's probably going to go down. Uh, who, who was another one that was up for maybe shortstop or that, but he's mostly a shortstop. So they're they're probably going to look at. At uh, Rojas, Stefanik, um, Captain Jack, Mayfield, uh, and um, because those guys can all play multiple infield positions. Matt Duffy can play first base as well. So when you look at the at the um, at their lineup, and then you look at their pitching staff, the starting pitching—if you go with what Thor did against the Dodgers 
He looked really good. He looked like mm-hmm. the Thorvald, maybe even a little better than the Thorvald. Yeah. But once again, it's spring training. I do, however, have to say he tweeted out, I love it here, you know, and he's really talking. I like the way things are here. This is a cool place to be. And I don't know if he's talking about the Angels specifically or Orange County or what. Um, Mostly he's been in Arizona with them, but I think he likes the way the Angels are. And if he's happy, I think that helps. Yeah, definitely. I think that always helps when your player is happy. Uh, And I could see him as he's kind of, I mean, obviously I don't know him, but he seems like he could be somewhat intimidating or an intimidate, you know, like if you just saw him from afar kind of guy, you know, he's tall. And so for him to say, you know, I like it here. And the thing I like too is on that Twitter, he put, you know, from Dumb and Dumber, which is kind of one of our, favorite movies here in the with planet head and uh he you know it's jim carrey i like it a lot i like it a lot <laughs> so and who wouldn't want how awesome would it be if at the all-star game i know i'm getting ahead of myself but like you know cinder you know noah Syndergaard is uh you know is on the all-star team and he shows up in one of the tuxedos that you know, the orange or the blue powder blue tuxedos that um, Jeff Daniels and uh, Jim Carrey wear with so the top saying hat. We either, I still got a chance. <laughs> That's right. Well, I do know one player who will not be playing for the Angels, and that is Justin Upton, who was DFA'd. Yep. He, uh, you know, last season when they when they DFA'd pool holes after a month, we, uh, you know, we were upset about that. We were happy to see what happened with pool holes. In fact, we're still happy to see that uh, he moved on to the Cardinals to finish up his career. But we wondered if Justin Upton wasn't next because he wasn't really contributing. And he also had injury issues last year. He played a little bit more than Trout and Rendon did, but not much more. And he had been playing well in spring training. And I think that threw a lot of people off because you're like, hey, he's looking good. His swing looks good. But you have Joe Adele and um, Captain Caveman, Brandon Marsh, are showing up better. And last year in letting pull holes go, it ensured Jared Walsh got a full season at first. It ensured Shohei could DH every day if they needed him to. It is about the future. I think it needs to be a little bit about winning right now as well. Um, Am I okay with Justin Upton going? Yeah, I feel bad for the guy because he was another one of those players that I thought, you know, maybe he could turn it around. On one side of it, too, is like, well, he's there. You're going to pay him that $28 million anyway, whether he's there or not. Nobody's going to trade for him. You know, he's going to end up being a a free agent. Somebody's going to sign him. The same team that you think might have traded for him will sign him as a free agent and only pay the 700 grand. And then the Angels are still on the hook for 27 3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've heard the Red Sox, Padres, Tigers, Rangers. Dodgers or Rockies might be interested in giving Upton um, a chance 
in their lineup. So we'll see. Imagine if if Justin went somewhere else and had a year where he's like in the MVP conversation. Yeah. Maybe it's a batting title or something. That would be, yeah, okay. The problem, though, like for the Angels is the conversation is about yet another bad contract. Should yeah. Was this a good move? Probably just because you got two players, you're going to make sure that you want you wanted them to get playing time in Marsh and Adele. And even Taylor Ward will uh, will, you know, benefit from this. Uh, and, it, you know, you're not going to platoon him at first uh, in being just an Upton or, or set him on the bench and still pay him 28 million. You're going to play him. That's just the economics of the, of the game. So, but he's definitely on his way. Hopefully he finds something and uh, can have a good time there. Um, like Albert did last year, you know, now the one question is going to be for every team as they're finish as they finish up everything in this first month is are they going to carry with those extra two positions more pitchers, which makes sense? Because something we didn't talk about is is that in the first month, also there'll be unlimited call-ups. So you can hit it, but after that, it's limited to five times per player yep. for the season as far as calling up. Now, teams like the like the Dodgers have over the last few years, they've used that to to break, send people down, bring them up. You know, it's like, remember Tony Gonsolin's pitching in Oklahoma city. We brought him in for a start next day. He's already optioned back to Oklahoma city. Now Mitch white would be a good example where these guys are, they barely, they barely get up and they're already going back. You know, they're here for a day. They're like on tour, like a rock band, you know, different city every night. (laughs) That's it. Pretty much. So the angels, the angels have, you know, they have that too. Do they want to carry, do they want to keep both Jose Rojas and Michael Stefanik and one less pitcher? Um, one pitcher that's on the active roster, who's a 60 day, who should be on the 60 day disabled list is um, Cooper Criswell. He's injured. He's not going to be playing. They have a spot for him, but is there a pitcher they could slot in there? I have so, a question about, and for you, and where you see his, uh, if he has a role with the Angels, is Ty Butchery, who we know stepped away from baseball, was on the restricted list, and now is on, um, he's on the man roster, but he'll start in AAA. So is he a possibility, you know, that he could be called up at some point? Um, at some point he, you know, he got to camp late. He's not, you know, he's not ready for that. Triple A season's already started. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I think they're going to sit and watch what he does, how he develops. We saw him be successful at the major league level. The question is once he gets up there, will he still have the same, will he go back to feeling like he did before? Because maybe he felt he said he changed his he 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 refound his love of the game working with kids, but maybe that's where it is when you get back into the grind and that constant you know head down 
got to push ahead, you know, the pressure and all that. Will it affect him again? Yeah, that's a good question. I wondered that too, because I mean, he just, you know, he was done. He just didn't, wasn't feeling it. And so that's a really good, uh, that's a good question is, is he's back, but is it going to take that toll? Is he going to get back to, yeah, I love this. This is great playing every day. Or should he just be, you know, a coach working with, you know, younger kids? Right. And that, that'll be, can he have a, a positive effect on the team? Yes. Having somebody with big league experience that you could call up and bring in, especially because there's going to be injuries. Yeah. These guys, you know, I mean, Archie Bradley had injury issues last year. Ryan Tapera injury issues last year. Will they have them this year? We don't know, but this is the one thing that angels are going to have to, to really watch and manage is the pitching staff. They have a really strong bullpen. One of the best that they've had in years, 20 years ago. And they'll be, they'll be mm. celebrating that this year, the 20th anniversary of the angels world series win. their bullpen was pretty incredible. These guys all stepped up this bullpen you know, led by Rizel Iglesias, and then, like I said, Archie Bradley, Ryan Tapera. The other day, they were showing them out in the bullpen. It looked like these guys are all happy to be there. They're getting along. They're laughing and joking. You want to see that kind of camaraderie. I think Joe Madden finally has a team that's a Joe Madden-type team, what he wanted. Um, with the pitching staff, you know, we, we know that, uh, that Shohei's number one. Patrick Sandoval is slotted in at number two with, uh, I mean, so Noah Syndergaard is number two. Patrick Sandoval is number three. Then you've got Michael Lorenzen, who we'll see if he can make it as a starter because he's primarily been a, re uh, a reliever in the past. We've got in the bullpen, we'll have Jaime Maria, who's been a starter. Jose Suarez, who took a little bit of a beating from the Dodgers the other night. Uh, but he has his time. As long as they back him up, he'll be fine. And then uh, Madden has announced that Reed Detmers will be the number six starters. And they're going with the six-man rotation. Usually you have a five-man just to ensure that everybody gets adequate rest. Because you've got, you know, you don't want Shohei to, to overpitch, even though there's no restrictions on him. Same thing with the, with Thor. He, they say no restrictions, but you still want to watch him because he's still coming back after not really pitching for two years. But we've talked about this before is that most people with Tommy John, it takes a full two years to come back from that. So maybe we get him at the right time. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be exciting for the you Angels know, so, fans. So there's a, a lot, Aaron loop, another, another, uh, reliever uh, with a pedigree, Mike Myers, who's pitched well over the last two seasons with the Angels. So there's a lot of um, Jose Quijada, who's had his ups and his downs, but he's come through big time. So, you know, we're looking at a, a pretty good pitching staff, top to bottom overall on paper. The You know, it's going to take the bullpen, though, I think, uh, and maybe at the beginning especially, until we see what the starters can do, is Shohei going to be able to to repeat what he did last year? 
is Syndergaard going to uh, come back and be even close to what he was before? Can Patrick Sandoval finally get over that hump where he has consistently good outings all the time, not a couple of good outings and then falls apart? The Dodgers are going to find out what it's like to have one of those kind of uh, pitchers when uh, when they rely too much on Andrew Haney. Uh, and we could talk about him and the Dodgers coming up in a minute. But, you know, we we overall the the Angels have they've got they've got some good pieces. They've got, uh, you know, a couple pieces uh, in the minors that uh, could come up. Like I said, Max Stassi is. uh is uh, behind the plate and if he can stay healthy and I think that's the whole key right there they can stay healthy imagine the angels the angels were not they didn't quite make it to 500 but had they been able to avoid injuries last season imagine what they could have done with Trout and Rendon and Trout started off it was his best start ever yeah he looked great until he had that the calf injury, which when you hear, you're like, oh, you know, strained his calf, but then you think, oh, he'll be back, but he never was a, you know, never was able to come back for the season. And later you learn that that's one of those injuries that it doesn't sound really bad, I guess. Um, but it is one that you have to be really careful with. And uh, so it's good that even though for Angel fans, but for baseball fans in particular, that we didn't get to see a lot of Mike Trout since he was out, like since May uh, was when he was injured, that you that he's back and that he did take the time. The Angels allowed him that time to get back to superhero Mike Trout. Um, so now you have two MVPs playing. Anthony Rendon could be an MVP candidate. If he played well, if he can hit, you've got you've got a, a really strong, uh, like one, two, and three. Otani, Trout, and uh, and Rendon. If they're all three hitting, there is a lot to be worried about. I think the Angels will definitely be a team that really will be. Everybody should have their eye on. Um, I don't know that they will because they'll be like, ah, it's the Angels, you know. <laughs> And right. but um, they looked good in the freeway series. Of course, they do have a better record in the freeway series. Does that mean anything? I don't know. But I think the West, I think the AOS could be a really interesting race. I don't think that we can just say, oh, yeah, Houston's favored to win when they're usually always favored to win. And but you also have some things happening up in, you know, Seattle. Uh, do the A's just fall off? You know, where are they going to slot in? You know, I don't, there's, there's some things happening there that I think would be, that could be a really good dynamic for the AL West and the Angels in particular. I think you're right. As far as the, the Astros go or the Asterix, what will they look like without Correa? He's just one guy. Zach Grinke's gone. But Verlander's back. So, and they have guys. They have, I, I, as much as I hate Kyle Tucker, he is a potential MVP candidate for for that team. You know, he's he's clutch. 
you know, when he needs to be. So there's a lot of a lot of different things. And once again, we know that injuries can cause, you know, problems for teams. I, I'm with you. The Angels, people will watch the Angels with Otani. People will say, especially if the Angels go through any losing streaks or any part where it looks like they're shaky, they'll say, oh, see, we should have got pitching. Or once again, we're wasting another year of Mike Trout. I look at it this way. Mike Trout chose to be there. He didn't have to sign a lifelong contract. Will he get DFA'd later if he stops putting out? You know, he could. I mean, it seems it could be a a uh, pattern of the Angels, but but let's just focus on this season. Right. Let's let's <laughs> go there, and then we'll move on. As long as everybody, so they do have a good shot at the playoffs. They do have a shot to win the West. You're right. Seattle's got a lot of things going on. They picked up Robbie Ray in the uh, in the offseason, who was last year's uh, Cy Young. Will that work? They were looking really good, surprisingly good last year. They've made some some changes. They brought in some people. We'll see what happens. The A's are down to um, Frankie Montas as being their their ace. Uh, with uh, Sean Manea leaving, uh, you know, the A's. So will they mostly, you know, who do they have? They got Jed Lowry back. Ooh. You know, we don't know. <laughs> they could surprise everybody. They, they're they really good at doing that and, uh, and getting some good deals. They kind of started all of this. Um, so we'll see how they work out. Um, the Rangers picked up a few different players, made some, some good moves. You've got a solid middle, um, with, uh, with, um, Simeon on uh, one side of the bag and Seager on the other. If Seager can stay healthy, who knows? They've got, they upgraded their catcher with Mitch Garver. They got from, uh, Minnesota. So all of that in the West is going to make it harder, but I think the A's drop. The, the Rangers, who knows? I think it's pitching again that comes into play. And then um, and then the, the Asterisks, I think the Asterisks and Angels, probably. Yeah. So the Angels uh, will start this week like we talked about. They're starting today with the, uh, the Asterisks. They've got them uh, this weekend for four. And then uh, they've got the Marlins. In their first interleague matchup uh, against the uh, NL East, uh, and then uh, we'll talk about uh, how the week went for the Angels, how opening uh, week for them went uh, next week. It's time for Dodger baseball. Before we break down uh, what the Dodger seasons looks like and their uh, their opening weekend, let's go to Jana with the weather. It will be a beautiful weekend in Denver with highs in the high 60s, high 70s, even on Sunday, it's supposed to be about 78 degrees, sunny, beautiful at Coors Field. So great baseball watching weather in Denver. This Lucky for the Dodgers because it looks like Tuesday they get snow, Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> That's always a concern. You know, in April, it's... Uh, you never know what's going to happen. You could wake up and one day it's uh, 75 and the next day you got, you know, some snow on the ground. 
That's just crazy. I wonder how many games over the East Coast games will we see any? Because even in early April and other places, it can be, you know, we saw some snow last year on uh, on opening day. Uh, Miguel Cabrera's home run double. That's right. Yeah. Was uh, was a big one for that. So the Dodgers, who, in the words of um, of Dave Roberts, who guaranteed a World Series win, says, "I'm not happy with the way my guys are playing." <laughs> at the end of spring training. Yeah. He said that after the Dodgers lost in a spring training game 10 to 2 against the Giants uh he was not happy with offense not really happy with the defense i think the offense more so than anything uh and we've seen that too in the uh freeway series the uh, angels have just uh you know they, it, it yeah, looks no, like they... it's going to get close and then they shut them the angels shut the dodgers down or yeah, just and not working. as everybody on uh, Angels Twitter has pointed out, we did this against their number one and number two starters. So you know yeah. we're all confident and cocky, but once again, spring training. You know, it is and spring I, training. And the yeah. question is, are some of the players not going all out? They're playing hard, but they're not. You know, I'm not going to die for that at this point for, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've heard uh, interviews with uh, Mookie Betts in particular, who says it's spring training. I'm just, you know, we're getting the rotations, you know, getting the workouts in, uh, getting that bats, you know, doing the things we need to do to get ready. And then when it's, when it's the regular season, it's full tilt, you know, I'm a hundred percent going all the way. So that could be it. Trey Turner, I've heard, you know, kind of say the same thing. It's, you know, this is spring training. You don't want to do something to jeopardize your season in spring training. Right. So could just be that. Could be that. Yeah. Could be some weird moves taking place. And maybe now that we're talking about it, maybe this was one of the, this was an issue that caused some unsettledness in the uh, the Dodger dugout. There was a big trade since last we chatted that sent A.J. Pollock, somebody who we had issues with, well, you had issues with when he first showed up, but he, he really up. turned in to a solid piece of the, uh, the Dodgers pie. And then uh, trading him off, at the time, across the complex to the White Sox for a new reliever. For yeah. a closer. A closer in uh, Craig Kimbrell. I now, his was... nickname on the back of his jersey when they do the Players Weekend like that is Chicken Wing, right? I'm pretty sure it should be because that's how he... <laughs> He's got his arm out there. And if you remember, 
you know, Mary Hart was making fun of him. She's, you know, one of those season ticket holders. If you watch enough uh, Dodger games, you see her there. Uh, yeah, this was one I was really surprised by. I still do not understand why they would trade AJ Pollock, who defensively has really um, grown into a great defensive player. I mean, he's been, he's always been a good player when he was with the Diamondbacks, but he did have injury issues. And then when he came over the Dodgers, he wasn't so great. But then we found out he had some injuries that were prior injuries that were where he needed to go in and things needed to be cleaned out. And then after that, he came back and he was solid in the Dodger lineup and in the dugout, um, a Dodger favorite and, you know, gets along with all the guys. I really like AJ, AJ Pollock. I don't understand why the Dodgers felt they needed to go and get Kimbrel when you have Blake Trinan, who can be a closer, uh, Bruce Star Gratterall, who could slot into that, uh, Alex Vesia could be in that role. Uh, you know, there's Phil Bickford. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the bullpen that the Dodgers could have slotted in. They don't need, I don't think they need Craig Kimbrell. Now, if he comes out in the ninth inning and he's the closer and he's lights out, okay, great. You know, I'm going to root for him. He's part of the Dodgers team, but I still... I'm really puzzled by the Pollock trade because now who's playing left field? Well, Chris Taylor and Gavin Lux, really? He's played how many times in the outfield? He and when even he had did, like he, he played poorly. Yeah, and he had an outline of his body. <laughs> you know, well, taped. that was probably one of the one of the <laughs> few things that was uh that was yeah uh, i mean you know it just uh i just don't i don't get it and then if you're and putting who him went, who went over there yeah. and and uh and was the first person to pay homage to the cutout aj I mean, pollock exactly so why do you why would you trade him and not lux <laughs> but I know maybe why, that's not the White I'm, Sox didn't want Lux. No, and that's exactly right. I think for one thing, this trade was a uh, salary uh, neutral, as they say. Both guys had similar size, so it's not you know it's not like they have to put a lot, you take a lot off the books or put a lot on the books or whatever. Um, it's neutral in that regard. But I think when I hear, well, Chris Taylor's going to play left field. And I'm not saying he's going to play there every night, but it really takes away from the player that Chris Taylor is, who is the ultimate utility guy. So, you know, if Gavin Lux is in left field, is Chris Taylor the DH or is he going to be playing infield? You know, where is he going to be? And then you still have the question of Cody Bellinger. Right. So you get rid of one of your infielders, I mean, outfielders. Cody Bellinger's excellent center fielder defensively, but at the plate, it's, you know, he's changing his stance every at bat, which come on hitting coaches. Where are you? Aren't you supposed to be like, that's your job is hitting. So what's going on there. And I just, I still, I'm really puzzled by the trade. I don't, 
think it was needed. Uh, and I think that most of the Dodger um, fans, just, you know, if you did a poll on Twitter, I think they kind of maybe feel the same way. It was kind of puzzled yeah. at the at the whole thing. And and after Kimbrel went out in his first um his first uh uh outing in yeah. spring training as a Dodger and was just horrible, that made Awful. it even worse. Yeah, I mean he had spring training ERA of seventy two. Seventy two. Seven two point zero zero. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and again, you know, the season started today. He's back. You know, he doesn't have an ERA. Uh, but yeah, I, I still just as puzzling. Uh, I hope, you know, AJ Pollock gets um, does really well in Chicago, but I would love to see him back um, with the Dodgers because I just I just don't get it. Like, why would you why would you trade of all? The players, you know, I can think of some some players I would trade. Um, right, number nine um, over <laughs> <laughs> over AJ. So Once I yeah, again, I just though, don't get didn't, it. Didn't fit in with. No, I mean they and, don't need a shortstop. They don't need a second baseman. You know, in uh, on the south side, but yeah, I mean they're getting somebody that's you know a good player. He's going to play every day, um, but for the Dodgers, is Kimbrel going to work out? I don't know. Uh, one one guy it looks like it's going to work out is going to be Freddie Freeman. He uh, he seems to be coming around. His first hit in Dodger Stadium during the uh, during the Freeway Series was a triple. Triple. I think he had like two triples last season, something like yeah. that. <laughs> so hopefully uh, that's not. You know his how many he has one. so far this season? Zero. Exactly. Because that was the <laughs> spring training. Um, yeah. Hanser Alberto looks like he might be posed to really. Uh, um, and with him, it does make me wonder why you haven't found maybe another pitcher. Even though I did hear the Dodgers are standing pat with what they have. But Gavin Lux, I think, is expendable now. Except for the fact that Chris Taylor is now considered an outfielder on the active roster. Right. But I think he has always been slotted as an outfielder on the roster, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I still, I just don't get it. I know there's a lot of people who love, they love Gavin Lux and if he does well and he gets a hit, yes, I will cheer. But overall, I just think his time with the Dodgers is, it's time, past due. time yeah. to come to an end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, just, I, I don't get it. I do see that, um, you know, Kevin Pillar is uh, is going down to Oklahoma City, uh, but he would be a good call up to come in and play. He could take over center field for Cody if for some yep. reason Cody just can't find that. Um uh, Jake Lamb, another one that went down. Two guys with uh, major league experience that could come in. Uh, Kevin Pillar, I think, should have had a spot on the roster. Uh, he really showed. Uh, he's always been pretty solid, consistent. Yeah, consistent player. And then also Jake Lamb was had a really good spring. Now, both of the players do have opt-outs. So if they're not called up, 
to the Dodgers within, you know, by a certain date. June 1st, I think it is. Yeah, then they can just say, you know, no, I'm going to, you know. I'm going to be a free team. agent. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think maybe they got Lamb and Pilar kind of in their back pocket. Um, I totally will see them. I, you know, we're going to see them, you know, um, in the, with the Dodgers playing, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, two guys are in Oklahoma city. They started this season, uh, like I said, this week, they start on Tuesday and they're playing the isotopes, uh, in, uh, in OKC. So, uh, we'll see, you know, kind of, um, Andy Burns was another one, uh, that you've seen come up, you know, go up and down and he, is back in Oklahoma City. That doesn't really surprise me, but Pilar and Lamb, I kind of feel like they're kind of like in the back pocket. You know, like we got these two guys, right. we're going to, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think if they can keep them happy and 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 willing to stay, then uh, then they'll be okay and they'll be able to bring them up at some point. I'm sure, yeah. though, you know, something's going to happen. Uh Basically, what it looks like is that, uh, you know, Hanser Alberto and um, Edwin Rios take uh, two slots on the active roster and uh, in infield as infielders. Um, you know, so the question really will be how many who's going to play out there? You know, Lux can rotate out into the outfield. But Dave says uh, it's not going to be a platoon situation. CT3 is going to get the the bulk of the playing time out there. Yeah. So unless they make some other moves, really the one thing that we have to watch is the the pitching staff. Um, We know that Walker Bueller is uh, the opening day starter. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is the number two at this point. Um, And then, you know, where, where do you go? What's that? The, the, the question is you know who's who's slotting in at, at number five now? Tony Gonsolin's what I've heard. Um, I've heard too. And then you also have to. Here's the one thing that hurts the the Dodgers right now on their um, is and we we kind of talked about it last week and we'll talk about it'll still be the the elephant in the room or the albatross around their neck, Trevor Bauer, because he's still on the active roster. Because he's just on leave. He's not suspended. So until we know, which there is supposedly a meeting with the league. Don't know if Manfred's part of it yet or not. But uh, we do know that uh, all of his legal stuff that he was trying to do was uh, denied by the judge. So he's just got to, he's just time for him to to get to going and either decide to come play baseball or decide to be. Uh, you know, doing whatever in the legal world to clear his name, you know, so he just show up, play ball whenever, or take your suspension. And and that's it. Once that's done, then the Dodgers can decide what they're going to do with him. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing with the rotation, because you've got, you know, you mentioned Bueller is the opening day starter. You have Kershaw, you have um, Udrius. And right. then Haney and then Gonsolin. Uh, See, I had already forgotten about Haney. Right. Well, you tend to do that. I think as an Angels fan, you just kind of 
have wiped well, that memory away. Yeah, he. I mean, uh, not to say he hasn't had. He had good, you know, but he's one of the he's one of the problems of was a big problem of Angels pitching is inconsistency, and yeah. he didn't look good at all during spring training. Will he look good? You know, in the you know, like I said, it's spring training. You're you're working through things. The question will be, can Mark Pryor and um, Rick Honeycutt in his, you know, uh, advisory role help him get to where he could have been, or at least get him to a spot where, as a as a uh, veteran pitcher now, that he can, you know, be solid enough to work his way through and and be a consistent contributor so you're not dreading every fourth day you know right and the question is too gonsolin will he be fine coming back off of injuries um yeah and can he be consistent and at that end I think for uh, Gonsolin, that is the biggest question is consistency because we've seen him pitch really well uh you know, he was fourth in, uh, for rookie of the year, uh, boating, I think in the shortened, you know, the 2020 season. So he is a good pitcher, but consistency is what we need to see. And when he's on, he looks really good. And so the Dodgers, you know, it's one of those things they have to continue to develop, to develop him. I like him. He's one of my you know, one of my uh, favorites, uh, the cat man, but, um, yeah, cause we've seen that Haney. I don't, you know, I've seen him pitch and it's like, I don't know. Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, great spring. If he can continue that into the season, I mean, it's like, what kind of season could he have Julio Urias who had 20 game winner last season? Will he be able to you know, do that again? Um, he's lost some weight, you know, there's, you know, will that, you know, is that helping mechanically? And then, um, of course, Walker Bueller, who looked really good, was in, um, in the, you know, voting for Cy Young and, uh, and also pitched, I think, a career high of, um, you know, I don't know, 33 games, something like that, you know? So, I mean, it's a good road, the top top three you're like okay but then it's that bottom two and then what happens with bauer with bauer and then uh at what point do are they able to bring maybe dustin may uh back because he would be he would be a a good replacement for haney or godson if either one of them are to falter if he's ready if he's ready and that's that's the problem yeah that's the biggest thing. And he, again, you know, we've seen him. He looked really well and was do- pitching really well uh, until that, you know, infamous day on the mound uh, where he, you know, some, he said something's wrong. And it was, you know, Tommy John. So, but he is, he's, you know, he's on the mound. And if he does, if he does come back, it will be later, much later in the season. So, so yeah. uh yeah, and as far as the lineup, you know, the uh, who we probably will see is, you know, obviously 
we've got you know Freeman at first, um, and then Mun- uh, Max Muncy will be playing second. Also DHing, but you also have Lux slotted in. Um, JT at third. I would see Edwin Rios probably playing third also. Um, and then the outfield, Bellinger, Betts, and then uh, Chris Taylor and left with maybe an appearance with Lux. Um, and then if they bring up Pilar or Lamb. Um, and then you have Mookie Betts leading off, which she loves leading off. And then you have, you know, the Turners. Freeman. So. And uh, Will Smith, who uh, should not be booed anymore. I'm not sure why he was booed at a <laughs> spring training game. Because he slapped <laughs> Chris Rock. That's why. <laughs> Didn't you see that? Didn't you hear about that? Oh, that's Took right. Took the day I off. Think, yeah. Went to the Oscars. <laughs> smacked Chris slapped. Rock. Went back and played some baseball. Yeah, so it'll be fun to see Will Smith. I mean, he's always been uh, great, you know, coming in and, and, you know, good catcher needs maybe, you know, keeps working on defense. And, of course, we always have have our cuz, Austin Barnes, that will be back up. So. And then uh, don't forget, as far as, like, starters go, you can spot start with David Price. Right. Still, he's there. Um You've got a lot of pitchers that are kind of on the, uh, not kind of, they're on the the DL or they're coming back from injuries. Uh, Danny Duffy, who could maybe have a a, a contributing role uh, with them. Um, I think Skip Bickford has been injured and he's working his way back. Um, And, you know, he did pretty well last year. Uh, Caleb Ferguson. Yeah. he had. we haven't really uh, seen a lot of. Yeah, he had Tommy John surgery, um, but he's coming back. And when we before he had the surgery, um, he looked a lot better. He was had some inconsistency, um, but then he kind of was getting it together. And then he then he had Tommy John surgery. So right, uh, Daniel Hudson. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot reliever. about Daniel Hudson that we that he <laughs> was signed. And maybe finally we'll get to see Tommy Conley uh, as, uh, you know, he, he had been a solid reliever before, but injuries have kept him out also. So, you know, there's a lot of people. And then, you know, will Craig Kimbrell uh, be Craig Kimbrell? The reason that you would trade for a guy like that. Will he, mm-hmm. will he make us forget that AJ Pollock is now in Chicago? Right. Exactly. That's what he'll want to do to uh, get in with the Dodger blue, because again, it's still, it's like when you texted me and said, look at this, it's like, what, why would they do that? So yeah, he's got some work to do. <laughs> so, uh, Walker Bueller taking on, uh, was that Kyle Freeland, uh, of the, uh, Rockies. That'll be their, uh, opening day starters. And so it all uh, all begins uh, tomorrow for the Dodgers, or Friday the eighth of April, and uh, and we'll talk about what happened with the Rockies, and then once they leave there, they they head to. You're going to probably have to do a weather report for this one too, because now then they're going to Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Righty. <laughs> so they're going to take on the Twins and their buddy Carlos Correa. 
Yeah. Uh, Who's going to pout at them? Who's going to take over? Uh, They're going to have to wait till they play the White Sox uh, for uh, for the pouting to happen. Uh, You know, last week we uh, we talked about why Fight Club went to the Central, but we didn't tell them why. I know I mentioned that and then we just left him hanging and obviously that is because. So we're going to leave you hanging again. Yes. When we get to around baseball, we remember to tell you why fight club. Well, you know what? You didn't talk about it. And isn't that. Well, we don't talk about fight club. club. No, don't talk about it. Well, before, before we move on to around uh, baseball, uh, what's your pick? You think the Dodgers uh, win the, uh, the West? Yeah, I mean, looking at the teams, uh, you've got, you know, in the division, I think their big, the biggest rival, again, is going to be the Giants this year. I think it will be, you know, if they continue on, they they like, uh, I just saw a thing where the Giants were the, called themselves the underdogs. Um, so <laughs> if they want to continue that role, I think it could be Dodgers, Giants, Um yeah, but yeah, I think I think that they have a good shot at uh, of being at the top of the West again. Yeah, or yeah, I don't I see say a lo- again, but <laughs> I don't see a lot of changes um, as far as like those two teams, the uh, the Giants pitching uh, probably got a little bit better. Yeah, um, you know what happens behind the plate without Buster Posey will be one thing. Evan Longoria is. Uh, I think uh, starting the season on the DL. Um, yeah, which so. we will. We're bringing back one of my favorites in this next segment. So, you know, we'll see how that works out. Um, I don't really see that the Padres, even though, um, and we'll talk about what they uh, what they picked up in, in trade uh, coming up, but I don't see the Padres necessarily being any better than they were. Um, and then uh, obviously the Rockies and the D-backs didn't really make too many um, I, overall like uh, franchise changing. You know, yes, the Rockies picked up Chris Bryant. We'll get to see him in his number 23 in uh, in uh, purple or white or black or whatever they're playing in this uh, weekend. But yeah, the uh, pitcher, I think, gets to pick the, the uh, uniform of the day. Right. So they, um, they have, uh, you know, that's, that's what their pickup was. The rest of it is they're still kind of the team they were last year. They still got a couple of decent pitchers because they didn't really let any pitchers go. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I think the Dodgers take the West. Uh, I believe that the Dodgers right now have a a good shot at winning the world series again. I think that they're going to have to uh, take on, probably a team like the Blue Jays when uh, when they get there. Opening day throughout Major League Baseball. As we said, the minors, most of the minor teams, uh, if they haven't already started, Triple A started already. Uh, single A teams, I know here in the California League, we're starting uh, today. So you've got uh, baseball is blossoming all over the place. The uh, April, uh, you know, we're we're in the early spring, and uh, and we have a lot of baseball to uh, to pay attention to. Uh, one big thing 
before we completely get away from the Dodgers, Dodgers announcer Joe Davis uh, got some big news. Yeah, he, you know, when he became a Dodgers announcer, he took over for a legend in Vince Scully. And now, I wouldn't say that this guy's a legend, but some people do. Um, He is now going to be also the voice of MLB on Fox because our favorite, or maybe my favorite, Joe Buck, um, jumped ship with Troy Aikman. And they're on ESPN, and they're going to be calling uh, Monday Night Football. So Joe Davis will be in the spotlight with uh, John Smoltz um, calling the World Series and uh, some other games here and there. But he'll still be, you know, uh, the Dodgers announcer. So way to go, Joe Davis. Uh, Let's take a look uh, first uh, before before we get too deep into things and get to the Wheel of IL. Uh, College Top Ten. This week, last time we talked about it, the very first one that we talked about, there had been some changes. This week doesn't look like, um, you know, still some movement, but uh, the top two, the SEC continued their stranglehold on the top 10 uh, yep, and the holding on to the top two. Yeah, volunteers, number one of Tennessee, and then uh, the Razorbacks of Arkansas, one and two. The biggest move is a team that beat the uh, Longhorns, the Texas Longhorns. And we talked about that. And, uh, you know, the Longhorns coming into the season, preseason, were, you know, they were going to be, they were it. They were the team to beat. Texas State is now number 10, moving they up. Took that, they took that seriously. Spots. They're the team to beat. Yeah. <laughs> so they're now in the top 10. Um, but the others, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, then you had Virginia, uh, Texas Tech, Oregon State, Oklahoma uh, State, the Cowboys at six, Texas at seven, Miami at eight. And now, Miami did move up uh, from 17 to break they the did. top 10. Yeah, so there, there's some, you know, there were some changes there. Um, one of the changes, too, I think... Uh, was it Vandy um, moved? Did they move down, or are they the same? Um, they dropped. Okay. They dropped out of the top ten uh, from right. number nine to number sixteen, and then Florida State took a tumble from number five all the way to number twenty. Yeah. So, and these are teams. I mean, especially uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, that that's big because uh, last year um, they, you know, they were in the uh, College World Series, but they have won, you know, I don't know how many College World Series. They're like a, a consistent, you know, they're always there. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what their season, where they where they co- shake out. But right now, it's all about the SEC. Yeah, when it comes to baseball, you you're, it's kind of surprising that the SEC uh, to baseball is like they are in football. They're really a dominant conference. Uh, well, and I mean, I remember growing up, it used to be, you know, Cal State Fullerton, Long Beach, uh, you know, these, and you don't see, I mean, you see them, but they're not in the, um, they may not be in the top 20 uh, or top 25, uh, 
or they drop out. And though it was always the teams kind of on the West Coast that you that you see. And now there's a, you know, the teams, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State has always had a really good baseball team. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you don't see those teams. Those, Not those as West much. UCLA, now UCLA did uh, break into the rankings this week at number 15. Um, Southern Miss and North Carolina State also joined for the first time. But with UCLA coming in, that meant a Pac-12 member had to be kicked out and Stanford dropped out of the top 25. Uh, and the SEC, because they've got so many teams in there, they lost one too, Mississippi State, who were number one at one time. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, that so might have been a fluke. It could have been a fluke, yeah. And if you're not, you know, really, if you're not watching college baseball or at least um, watch the College World Series, um, if that's the only college baseball you see. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about it because it's one of our favorite events. But, um, yeah, college baseball, it's a lot of fun. Coming up in uh, mid-June, June 17th, it starts uh, going through, and then we'll end up in uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. All right, so a couple little things to talk about here. Uh, one, let's, let's just get this out of the way right now. Carlos Beltran, member of the Houston Asterix during the cheating scandal, uh, he's, uh, he's been talking, says, yeah, we crossed the line kind of gave up some information i think though he's a little peeved because he said my name was the only player's name mentioned in the report right yeah he was the only player and then he was going to be the mets manager and then when all of this came out he was let go um so before he even managed a game yeah he didn't even get to manage anything yeah, so I think maybe he does feel like, hey, we were all involved in this, and I'm the only one who has my name out there as uh, you know, and it. AJ Hinch has a new job. Alex Cora. He went back. They <laughs> gave him a year off, and then he went back to the same job he had. Yeah. So and they it, all knew. So. How come he doesn't have a job yet? Well, he does have a job. He's broadcasting with the Yankees. Right. But he's not, but he doesn't have that same, you know, he's not managing. He's not a coach, which is, I'm sure, where he probably might prefer to be. I don't know. Um, We'll see if the Yes Network also might prefer him to be in that position other than a broadcaster. Yeah. Right. Uh, the thing about Carlos Beltran is what I didn't understand. They knew what they were doing was wrong. He said, yeah, w- we crossed the line. Yeah, we. But he also says that the organization knew, which I'm pretty sure that they knew, and they should have stopped it. He says if the organization would have said something to us, we would have stopped it for sure. And I'm like, why did you need, you knew what you were doing was wrong. Why did you need the head, the front office to say, hey, hey guys, what you're doing is wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that part. 
Why did well, they need to he have said, that? He said because they felt everybody else was doing it or many other teams were doing it. So they didn't feel like they were being. I think he realizes that even if other teams were somehow trying to steal signs. Yeah. That they took it farther. They because they moved yeah. their video room up near the dugout because most of them are back by the clubhouse. So I've been told he they moved it closer so somebody could just go out the door and go, hey, this is a breaking ball. Bang, bang, bang on the drum or whatever on the on the trash can. Yeah. Now, what's funny is, is that we talk about favorite players, especially X asterisks. Josh Reddick. Oh had to tweet and say Jose and Altuve and I didn't need it. Yeah, whatever. And then of course now, somebody Altuve responded maybe. to his tweet and said that's funny because you couldn't hit any place else. You know, he couldn't yeah. hit when he left the asterisks. He couldn't hit away from home. Even Altuve, Altuve's a better hitter. He's obviously got something else. I mean, I got to give him that. Yeah. But I think that yeah, no. everybody benefited from that. And if the younger players didn't, didn't participate, you know, the older players did, they knew you tell me yeah. if you, if you could know what's coming, you want to know. Oh yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I think they all participated and it's very obvious. All you have to do is pull up Josh Reddick's stats. He, Everywhere else, I think his season average was like in the 200s. That year, it was over three. You know, it was like 315, something like that. So, you know, he just has to find a way to keep himself somewhat relevant, keep himself the, um, you know, he's the, the bad guy of baseball, I guess. That's what he wants to be. Um, but I yeah, want him he to can do just more go back and yeah. overshadow Trevor Bauer. So people forget about Trevor Bauer. Yeah, that would be start good. to really hate. Josh, well, at least he's not Josh Reddick. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. And, and he needs. So one thing that Trevor Bauer will need to do is he needs to cut his hair. He needs to make sure it's always styled nicely, not greasy, you know, not that. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, because even, you know, Josh Reddick played. Uh, for the Dodgers for a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's on the team that you root for. So, you know, you like, you want to see him do well, but he just, even he just was one of those things. Like you just kind of tolerated it, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, it was just there. Um, and now he's nowhere, you know, except on Twitter trying to say, yeah, we didn't need it. And I wonder what Altuve thinks, you know? Is he saying, hey, man, like, don't you, you, you keep my name out of your, out mouth. Of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come up and slap Chris Rock if you keep talking about me. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's finally pay this off. So we're we're sad to see A.J. Pollock leave the Dodgers and go to the White Sox. We were also sad to see Joe Kelly leave the Dodgers and also go to the White Sox. Yeah. And now 
let's explain why the AL Central is Fight Club. Yes, we are going to talk about it. So now we have Joe Kelly with the White Sox and Carlos Correa now with the Twins. So that is uh, Fight Club Central right there. And they'll play each other 19 times nineteen during times. the season. So it's not going to be like when he they played each other, Dodgers-Astros. That was just a short series, and there was only two, a home and an away. Now they're going to potentially see each other many times. Uh, you know, you never know when Joe will, uh, will be up to pitch uh, and if he'll be taking on Carlos Correa. So we'll see. That goes out and make it interesting. And the announcer should totally be like, and in this corner. You know? Right. They should get the they should get the guy, the uh, I don't remember his name, but the let's get ready to rumble guy to Yeah. Whenever that matchup happens, you know, weighing two hundred, you know, I don't know, hundred and eighty five pounds. I don't know how much they weigh. <laughs> but right. uh, so George. now you know, we're at a point where there's some suspensions taking place. Um, the uh, there were some uh, some players. There were three or four players that uh, really, I think they were free agents, so they hadn't signed with anybody, but they were all given 80 game suspensions uh, for uh, for steroid use for PEDs. Um, one other suspension, since we're already talking about the White Sox, um, Tim Anderson, uh, last season, uh, during an argument with the umpire, bumped the umpire, was tossed out of the game and suspended. He appealed it, but the suspension was upheld. He's going to be missing the first couple of games of the season uh, due to uh, that suspension. And talking about other guys who are going to miss the beginning of the season. It's time for the 2022 SRBB season three premiere of Wheel of Oh, I'm so excited for the Wheel of IL. I love the Wheel of IL. And there's a common theme to the Wheel of IL. Lots of pitchers on the Wheel. And we're going to start in New York with the Mets. And everybody's so excited. Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer in the same rotation. Jacob deGrom, shoulder issue, shoulder tightness. Well, starts this hit. starts this season where he ended last season. Exactly on the same same spot, and uh, isn't expect to be back until uh, late May, early June. Then you have Max Scherzer who has a dead arm. Oh, sorry, a um, hamstring tightness, um, who which he's dealt with throughout his career. He's probable, so they're not they're not putting a date. They're saying he's. He's not questionable. He's a probable. He might start today. You know, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's questionable. I think he is too. Uh, I guess maybe not in that way though. We're saying with the way he's, we think he's questionable. Yeah. 
<laughs> there's lots of definitely there. Uh, Chris Sale, Red Sox fans excited for Chris Sale. Nope, fractured his ribs. We'll be hopefully back in June. And then James Paxton, elbow injury, maybe July. Lance Lynn had knee surgery. So he will be um, out at least until June is what, you know, their, the prediction is. Uh, we just talked about him. Um, and this is something that he had at the end of last season, but that is Joe Kelly. He had some issues with uh, his biceps. Um, he is uh, also out until probably mid-April. So he's still working through that injury from last season. Lance McCullers Jr. of the Asterix forearm uh, soreness. And I have seen that he's out indefinitely, but I've also seen that he may be out until June. Uh, now, this guy we've heard a lot about as possibly being traded. I know the Dodger fans were talking about him. That's uh, Luis Castillo of the Reds. But he also, he's on the wheel of IL with shoulder issues. Um, but it looks like maybe mid-April. Uh, you mentioned him in the Angels segment, Archie Bradley. And guess what he has? Your favorite. Oblique. Oblique. Yeah. So oh, he my is... side. Oh, 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 my side. He's questionable for the start of the season. You also have Zach Wheeler of the Phillies out with the shoulder uh, issue. He's questionable for the start of the season. A guy that we kind of forgot about, um, but uh, with the Padres is Mike Clevenger. He's supposed to be making his, you know, comeback and look great. So he had uh, elbow issues and it has radiated down to his knee. So he is dealing with knee soreness and it looks like he will be out um, for it, they don't know how long too much sitting out. around with his elbows on his knees and it just it's, seeped right out into his knee. Huh? exactly some other guys not pitchers but do need to mention um brandon belt with a knee injury um he is questionable for the start of the season he had some issues last season uh also and then this one is interesting to me is evan longoria He's third baseman for the um, for the Giants. Chris Bryant came in and because Evan Longoria was on the IL, he is back on the IL. He's out until probably May, maybe early June, because he just had surgery on his finger. Uh, so, and that one quite uh, the reason it kind of um, is interesting to me is because I would I thought that maybe. Uh, the Giants might try to sign Chris Bryant, uh, but they didn't. So it would be, you know, to me it makes sense. They could just put Chris Bryant there, but they didn't go after him. And maybe that maybe they did, and we just never heard, you know, any any uh, talk about that. Right. And the last guy on the Will of IL, I'm sure everybody has heard of his. His uh, exploits on motorcycles, in cars, um, probably boats, uh, I, you know, uh, jet skis, whatever he does. And that is Fernando Tatis Jr., who showed up 
with a broken wrist to spring training and uh, had surgery on that wrist. And he is out, you know, we'll say indefinitely because we just don't know when he will be back. So, yeah, the Padres, uh, not with their uh, their star shortstop. Which I, I, I got to wonder, you know, I mean, the guy. I know Bob Melvin said uh, his motorcycle riding days are over. But are they? Are they over? And should he be driving a car? Because he also, I guess, likes to, you know, jump his car. <laughs> I saw yeah, a video well, he of was that. Like sticking his sticking his head out the window and, you know, looking around and all that. It's just. And apparently it's in his contract. You know, you're not supposed to be doing these these type of activities. But I wonder if he's like, hey, listen, I signed this huge contract with you. Let's do whatever I want. I still get paid. Right. Um, these are not I don't know if we will have the will of retirement, but uh, <laughs> Todd Frazier, Todd Frazier just announced that he is retiring and uh, Ryan Zimmerman announced earlier, uh, you know, be, at, during spring training that he is retiring. Now, the Nationals are going to also retire his number, and he's going to have a whole weekend in D.C. Uh, with festivities uh, all about Ryan Zimmerman. So, yeah, those well, he's, two solid yeah, I mean, players. Why not? He's been there. He's always been a... Yeah. And uh, another thing we need to mention since this is around baseball, you've always known if you watch uh, the NFL and the uh, refs always tell you, you know, what happened on the challenge or, you know, what's going on. The play is under review. Now the umpires are doing the same thing. And we saw that happen in the freeway series for the first time in baseball where uh, Chris Taylor was hit by a pitch. Uh, Angels challenged it, uh, lost that challenge, but the umpire did have his headphones on and came out and said, you know, hey, this is what happened. And uh, it was pretty cool. It's kind of, you know, it didn't leave the announcers to be like, well, I think, you know, we think this is what happened, which doesn't normally happen. But I I think, you know, maybe just another role for the umpires to – to do and who do they pick? Like who gets to do the announcing? You know, do you have to have a a really good voice? Do you have to you be have to really have a degree to... in communications? I think. Oh, okay. So yeah, I so that that's one thing. Normally. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Usually the crew chief. Yeah, would be the head the head guy. So, um, so that's something new for baseball is that if a team challenges, um a play on, you know, on the field, um, then, you know, like I said, in this case, hit by pitch, then the umpire will um, announce the decision uh, to the crowd. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And we'll check in again next week to see uh, if there's any updates to the Wheel of IL. I'm sure there will be the uh, opening week. Uh, injuries will all help and of course we know the wheel of the IL keeps on turning don't know where it'll be tomorrow 
And that's going to put a wrap on this week's Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at Sibling Rivalry BB without the A. Facebook, Instagram, go ahead and add the A back in at Sibling Rivalry BB with the A. And then our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com. And if you go there, we're going to have our new walk-up song for the uh, for the season. Those will be up on there, and we'll also throw them out on Twitter. Uh, feel free to rate and subscribe to this podcast. We appreciate uh, any feedback that we can get. We appreciate you listening. Next week, we'll talk about the uh, first week of games for both the Angels and the Dodgers. Anything that might have popped up, uh, you know, around the around baseball, and uh, we're also going to. Uh, fill you in on Jackie Robinson Day, which will be next Friday, the 75th anniversary. So lots, uh, MLB has lots planned. We'll uh, we'll give you all the details about that uh, next week here on SRBB. Thanks for listening. Yeah!